12th Street and Harrison Street and open every single goddamn day. For the meeting, Hell yeah. For calendar of events. And we will see you 3-3-16. By the way, opening day of our special Midnight Comedy Showcase for the Mutiny Comedy Festival. I'll see you guys there. Hell Industrial yeah. Metal's taking over! Golden Bull in Oakland, April 5th, with the Death Kings of LA, Genocide Skin, Ort Cloud, Industrial Metal's and taking other bands over. to be announced. Golden Bull in Oakland. April dollars. All with the Death Kings of LA. Genocide again Skin. On April 15th. Ort Cloud. To see some noise rock. Another bands to be announced. The other band on Earth will be there. APM. Jerkogram of LA will be there. All and Industrial Metal. Same place, again on different April time. 15th. 9 p.m. To see some noise Seven rock. Bucks. The other band on Earth will be there. Jerk and Graham of LA will be there. And subliminalsf.com. Same place, different time. 9 p.m. And facebook.com. Brought to you by Subliminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com. Or check them out on Facebook. At facebook.com slash subliminal SF. We appreciate how comedians are, well, the poor, and they need a delicious and inexpensive alternative to craft beer. Now, that's why every Pabst Blue Ribbon is affordable Pabst and accessible. Pabst Blue Ribbon is a proud sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. How comedians are, people well, the poor, and they need a delicious and like inexpensive women. alternative so to craft beer. Your favorite now, that's why every Pabst Blue Ribbon is affordable and accessible to even the dirtiest of dick bag comedians. Allowing them to be in public at a bar interacting with people since 1844. Like women. Because it was so go buy your favorite comedian at PBR. They need the encouragement that someone, somewhere, cares what they have to say. Pabst Blue Ribbon, keeping comedians funny with classically delicious flavor since 1844. Which is crazy because it was America's best in 1893. Let the brainwash, the mighty brainwash, Tony Sparks home. Let the brainwash, the mighty brainwash, oh yes, we got them jokes. I 
Somber music to open us up here at the joke workshop tonight here at mutinyradio.fm. I'm your host, Ben Benjamin, hanging out with a bunch of comedians, and we're going to tell jokes. We have a different way we do it now with special panel members up on the front. So Sid Singh and Ben Lupinetti are going to get on up to the front by those microphones and uh, sit in their special seats. The special seats there. There's two microphones for you guys. Special seats for them to make their comments. Bring Hello. A, bring a notepad if you have it. Bring a notepad. And that is Sid Singh right there. Ben Lupinetti is going to be on his way. Is he, is he in the building right now? Oh. Look, he is the other special panel member tonight. And we're going to get rolling when he gets in here. Uh, just so everybody knows, again, this is the Joke Workshop. The way it works is that comedians do a four-minute set, and they get four minutes of panel commentary by our special panelists tonight, which are Sid Singh and Ben Lupinetti. If you guys also have a comment, you are always welcome to come up to the microphone and back and tell people what you think after our special panel members are done. You guys want to, why don't you introduce yourselves right now? Hey, I'm Ben Lupinetti, and uh, I'll be... Your judge for the evening. Why, why don't you uh, why don't you tell people how long you've been doing comedy and why you uh, are a, an excellent member of the panel to be giving them feedback on their jokes? Uh, I've been doing comedy seven years. This is Sid Singh now. That was Ben Lupinetti before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> ben hasn't been doing it as long as me, but he did steal my voice, I guess. Uh, uh, I've been doing it seven years, and I'm the perfect person to be on this panel because I messaged Pam and asked her, and she said, okay. Uh, <laughs> that tends to be all that is required. So I apologize for my feedback. It oh, you know what? You know why? Because uh, I know what it's like to lose a gig to a magician as of today. So, oh. you know, hey, get all these hot tips from a failure. <laughs> I'm not magical, guys. I'm not magical. That's my one drawback in comedy, and I'll try to help you with all the other stuff. 
What about you, Ben? Ben, how long have you been doing comedy? Hey, uh, I'm just going to cut back in here. I'm Sid Singh, and I'm a lying piece of shit. What? Oh, uh, man. I just just had a bunch of diarrhea, and I Oh, Sid, believe in yourself, Sid. Wear my dirty uh, knickers to the show tonight. Well, you don't have that many knickers. It's understandable. I mean... I don't have many friends, because I'm Sid Singh. Yeah, well, who needs friends? Who needs... Believe in yourself, Sid. You don't need friends. I'd like to apologize to all the comics in advance for the fact that I'm going to be violently disagreeing with my uh, co-judge <laughs> over everything that's discussed this evening because you've made an enemy today, my friend, Sid, that you cannot Oh, unmake. my God. Sid, once you shaved, you've ben, changed as a person. Ben, shut the fuck up. Shut oh. the fuck up, Ben. That's ben, fair. shut the fuck up. That's fair. B- both of them have unruly beards, and I hope that they're, uh, they're unruly comments. Oh, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. They've changed. He's changed. I, I shaved last night. I just I just saw that now as you turned your baby face cheek to the booth. <laughs> All right, guys, here we go with our you first know, comedian. You know who else had a, a clean-shaven chin was Hitler. Just saying. That's a that is an excellent point, Sid. Uh, I know. Why do you think I shaved? Just uh, all we need is that little cute little Hitler mustache on our favorite Indian comic. <laughs> All right, everybody. Sons, no one's going to get a hit. <laughs> say he was our favorite. No, Richard Sarvate, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry. All right, here we go with our first comedian. Clap your hands wildly, everybody, and pay attention to Alyssa Westerlund. Yeah. <laughs> I, am, I am sitting down. I am a sit-down comedian. I know this has been done before. It's not that new. Um, but, you guys, I just need to tell you, Oh my God, I, I am so grateful. I am just, I am so grateful. I am just like, oh my God, like really, just really, really grateful. Today, today has been an amazing day. It's just been, it's just been so amazing. Oh my God, um, I'm really, I can't, I can't even express how grateful I am. I mean, are you feeling grateful? Are you grateful? I am so grateful. Um, I like to count all the good things that happen to me in a day, right? And compliments count as good things that happen to me. And oh my God, this man, he said the, the sweetest thing to me early. Oh my God, it was so great. It was, he said to me, he said, Alyssa, your hair looks like it was cut while you were having sex. Oh my God, so <laughs> grateful, so grateful. No! No! This is not how you talk to women! You guys want to know why we hate you? It's because you talk and you say shit like that. What the fuck? Sorry, I'm just angry about that. I'm just really angry about it. I mean, I'm grateful. I mean, I am so grateful. Oh my God, I am so grateful. You know, if they did, if they stopped saying shitty things like that to me, I don't know what I would do. My self-esteem might be a, uh, a dried up puddle. That's, that might, might be what happens to my self-esteem if guys didn't just say disgusting, shitty things to me. I probably wouldn't be able to get up here and tell these stupid jokes. You guys are doing so much for women. You guys really... <laughs> You're doing a lot for women. Um, so uh, people are always asking me how I work in this male-dominated field. I tell them, well, I wear a big hat, and I call everyone senorita. Um, so I was thinking about body shaming. I body shame men all the time, uh, because look at all that mass. And what do you do with it? Video games. What the fuck? OK, um, so seriously, you guys need to work on that. Um, so I need to work on how I hit on men. Uh, I'm a very no bullshit kind of girl. If I want to fuck you, I will tell you. Okay, I'm very forward. Um, but uh, I'm discovering that this is not what they're used to, and they, they can't handle it, right? For example, uh, the other day I told a man, uh, sex, my bed, you know, after 
midnight or something like that. And uh, he responds, oh my God, you made me feel so special. This is really great, but I typically don't sleep with comedians. <laughs> I said, that's fine, that's fine. I'll wear my clown nose and then you won't be fucking a comedian. Um, that didn't work, but it was funny, bastard. That was funny, it deserved laughs, but you can't be funnier than them, sexier than them, and have bigger balls than them, okay? You're just, you are fucking shit up when you do that, right? You gotta like play down, like build them up, let them do the talking. And don't be funny, ladies, do not be funny. I'm not getting any dick with this, this funniness, okay? Just not working out for me. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about why I'm crazy. Um, and you guys, like, you guys, you know, you know that I'm crazy, but you don't know why I'm crazy. Uh, and I, I, f I feel like it has a lot to do with my first period. Um, yeah, uh, because, uh, like, I don't know about you, but did you guys get, like, a party on your first period? Did you get, like, some kind of, no, just the shame, just the shame, okay. Well, my mom was cool. She wanted to do something a little special. She wanted to do something a little different. Uh, she wanted to do a little initiation. Uh, so she gave me mushrooms. And that's why I'm crazy. But but my dad, he's a really fun guy. He's a really fun guy. Uh, he's got jokes, you guys. He's got jokes. Uh, my dad's joke is, honey, I was so poor, if I didn't wake up on Christmas with a heart on, I had nothing to play with all day. <laughs> Mom's joke is great. Mom didn't even know this was a joke, but Mom's joke is awesome. Mom says, honey, if I had had sex with your father before I married him, you never would have been born. So I'm really grateful to be here, you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, feedback. Yay, Alyssa Westerlund. Feedback time from the guys on the panel. Wanna go first? Go first. Go ahead, Dan. No, I want to disagree with you. Go first. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think your stand-up is great. I just feel like you're hanging out with Ben Lupinetti too much. <laughs> And he's ruining your voice. Ben, I feel like, like that wasn't constructive, Sid. Uh -huh. I would like you to say something about me now. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, fine. Fine. Uh, up, <laughs> I think you have great cadence. I think I love the way you, uh, you speak on stage. The rhythm, I think, really helps uh, sell the jokes. I mean, they're good jokes, but I think that you get even more out of them the way you tell them. Uh, the only thing I would say is try to, f uh, is your premises are so good that I feel like there's like room for so many tags. And it's my, it's weird to say that at a mic because obviously you're here to work out these premises, but I I think you're on the right track, and I think almost like just saying them out loud or hearing them again, you're gonna notice all these spots for tags. Yeah, uh, yeah which yeah. is gonna make that sometimes exciting. it gets overwhelming. You yeah, know, to me, yeah. It's all wrong. You have you have great premises, uh, but you you just need like solid like punchlines. Okay, so that's too vague to be constructive. I have actual notes. <laughs> oh, thanks, Pam. Uh, Wait a minute. Sorry, I, I, Ben. Okay. No, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you know. <laughs> uh, the whole, you know, grateful thing uh, at the beginning. Um, I, I think you don't necessarily need that much buildup with all like be grateful. Because you're basically restating the same thing again and again. And it's like, we'll get it the first time. We'll get the spirit of it. We think that's, I see, I think that that's true if that's where she ends the joke. But I think there's so much space there for her to like, just go in all these different directions that like when you see the joke in its complete form and not in like a three or four minute mic uh it's it's fair to allow yourself that amount of build up you know what i mean yeah i mean there could be that much build up i just feel like using the same phrase or the same word grateful that makes maybe like more a list of reasons for being grateful or sure. 
I guess I use that word because I've been specifically uh, asked when I've like uh, had problems with these kinds of compliments, like, but aren't you grateful? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I really wanted to like drive home the, the grateful word. And it works better when I'm actually in a room that's, you know, it, it, it's interesting. That was hard to do here because I didn't have the energy and I was sitting down. But yeah. it's, it's a great callback at the end, though, with the y you're alive and aren't you grateful? Aren't I grateful? grateful. It's, it's really cute at the end as a as a callback so I think you do need to set it up kind of heavy at the front if at the end you're going to do that joke about your parents uh, and then you're grateful for being alive uh, anger is your secret weapon uh, you did a thing about you said they have men have so much mass and I feel like you could go longer on that with like perhaps a science joke perhaps a water joke perhaps a bathtub joke about when a man gets in the water or something the mass and then you waste so much water I don't know I just was trying to think of like because once you mentioned mass it made me think about science and then like I don't know a bathtub joke somehow and like if they keep their dick out of the water it's less mass or where the uh, and then the balls that was really cute I feel like you have a a tag back to that because then you said after you're like I just got these balls which was great and then you said I can't get any dick <laughs> but then you could bring it back to again that all I get is balls <laughs> because okay. you already talked about growing your own balls as a comedian yes so I thought that you could be grateful for those balls uh, but those those were my little tags on that thank you yeah, yeah. all right clap your hands again Alyssa Westerlund <laughs> Sid said with the grateful thing I think it's funny when you say it a lot of times and I think you could insert in between like I'm so grateful just like kind of like funny little things that you would be grateful for like not necessarily related to like guys insulting you but like I'm so grateful you know like I got like a new app or like so just like stupid stuff like little tags like that I think could like fit in with the I'm so grateful like just sort of like silly things to be grateful for yeah coconut water is a thing I'm grateful for that I, I wanted I wanted a, like a hashtag grateful in the middle of there too yeah, yeah I'm so grateful I'm grateful I'm hashtag grateful like just yeah. something to splice it up and make fun of hashtag culture too yeah. yes alright that was Alyssa Westerland yay All right, your next comedian here on the Joke Workshop. A funny man disappeared for a while into a black hole. I think that he got swallowed up by the ocean surfing or something, but he, it, the ocean spit him back out, and he's back with us. Put your hands together. It's Jesse Warren. I don't know, guys. I'm nervous. News has got me nervous. Uh, not politics, not not wars. Tech news. You guys hear about how a couple weeks ago we lost to AlphaGo? Google's, Google's Go playing supercomputer beat Lee Sedong, the reigning world champion at Go. You guys hear about this? Well, this happened two weeks ago. It was very w widely publicized. But what people don't know, this wasn't publicized as much, was that the same day that Lee Sedong was defeated by AlphaGo, AlphaGo also fucked Lee Sedong's wife. <laughs> was caught on camera smoking a blunt with Lil Wayne later that night. This shit isn't publicized, but it's a telltale sign that we're on the brink of something dangerous. And this isn't the first time this has happened before. 2011, you guys remember 2011? Jeopardy, Watson, IBM's Jeopardy playing supercomputer defeats Ken Jennings. Defeats Ken Jennings at Jeopardy, the, the current champion of Jeopardy, right? Also made headlines. You know what didn't even make the local news? The following two months after Kenning's loss, <laughs> where he spent every waking moment memorizing facts in a futile attempt to defeat Watson, 
and overdosed on Adderall in an attempt to memorize more facts. <laughs> he died, and Watson retired with the, with the prize money to Kauai and spent the rest of his days spamming Kenning's parents reminders of their son's death. <laughs> Fucking nervous. What about 1996, Deep Blue? Deep Blue, IBM's chess-playing supercomputer? Also defeated Gary Kasparov, the chess-playing champion at the time. And you guys know the story, guess what happened after? Guess what, what wasn't publicized after, after that loss was, was the fact that Deep Blue followed, followed Kasparov's social circle around, integrated himself into the social circle, became the alpha of the group, and eventually convinced the rest of them to shun Gary Kasparov. Kasparov was found dead on his mom's porch with a gunshot in his head. Shit's out of control, man. Fucking, I don't know. The, I think we're on the brink of a robot apocalypse. I think it's coming. When's the first sign, though? When am I going to jump ship and join the robots? Because I, I will. I'll do it the first sign of defeat. I'll tell you what my first sign of defeat is. Two words, Mahjong. <laughs> Mahjong, the second a robot wins at Mahjong, I'm done. Jumping ship, joining the robots immediately. Are you kidding? A robot who w wins at Mahjong doesn't have to try to fuck my girl. I'd give her its tribute. Great tribute to the robot's greatness. Give her up his tribute. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mahjong's the end of the line, dude. A robot who wins at Mahjong fucking has to, requires too much human-like tenacity and diligence. A robot that wins in Mahjong could paint the Mona Lisa in his sleep. <laughs> robot that wins in Mahjong? It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I, I'm not going to stand around and wait for that shit to happen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, Jesse Warren on the panel. Sid and Ben. Ben and Sid. Um... I feel like you don't need to like actually wait to see if the crowd heard about this uh, AlphaGo beating the guy. Like uh, when you do the Jeopardy joke, the guy being the Jeopardy champion, you were just like, basically, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but this happened. Uh, whereas with the Go thing, you were kind of like, did you hear about this? Did you? And no, we didn't. But uh, but but you were gonna tell us anyway, so you might as well just. I don't know if you heard about this, but here's the story. What is Go, by the way? Does anyone know? It's fun for the whole thing. It's family. the new it's the new game that's out that's supposedly like fifty times harder than chess and oh. it's got these weird little it's an ancient game with these weird little pieces and you, I mean, I've watched people play it at it's bars. It's a new ancient game. New ancient game. game. <laughs> Newly repackaged for a new generation. Um, I also uh, I thought you could uh, maybe come up with shorter punchlines like uh, the Alpha Go machine fucked the guy's wife. Like that's three syllables to the punchline. Uh, the rest were kind of, there were, I, I liked that they were elaborate, especially the thing about like the guy becoming the alpha of the group and getting the friends to shun him. Like I am uh, attracted to the elaborateness of that, but maybe if there's a pithier, quicker yeah. way to get there. But uh, Well, a lot of that was improvised, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So for for me, I uh, I think my thing is one, I would, I think I really like your note about the first part, about just being like, you can get to that AlphaGo thing quicker. You guys hear about this, beat AlphaGo. You don't have to wait for the answer. But other than that, I think you would have been helped by slowing down a bit and cutting your words because the character was such a unique character that if you let him like command the room a little bit more, I think you're going to get, you're able to wring more laughs out of the beat by beat uh, moment. And it, it, was a very, it was very funny for an improvised character, especially. I think as you 
start to write it down and start to do it more often, I think you can get even crazier with sort of the, the things that the robot did after they beat the guy. Because that's a very funny premise. Sure, I, I talked about the AlphaGo thing, but I thought I was looking for ways to expand upon the idea of, like, uh, these other robots that, like, I don't know, this, do you guys, like, buy into the idea at all? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, uh, other robots that are, like, usurping people's yeah. positions and, like, screwing them over in their lives. Yeah, like, uh, this, the toaster fucked up my taxes and the <laughs> refrigerator has become my parents' favorite child. Yeah, yeah. Deep Blue goes to all my kids' soccer games and tells it uh, he loves me more than uh, uh, I ever will. Yeah, you can have a lot of fun with that. You can, you can have so much fun, 50 yeah. 50 of the 50 premises you could think of of robots uh, screwing over humans. And that yeah, way. yeah. Robot fucked my wife and now he won't call her back, so... <laughs> Also, why yeah. mahjong? Uh, I think mahjong is a funny, funny word to say. Gotcha. I mean, I don't want to bring everything back to race like I always do, but isn't mahjong like sort of an Asian game? It is. And so it's got to be like hard, so hard and impossible that they, the, the robots could never beat it. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair man. Enough. You know, they're, they're Chinese robots, you know. You, know, you, can, you can't count them out. I'm pretty sure an American robot wouldn't win a Mahjong, but, like, I'm pretty sure, like, one half-asleep Japanese robot's got a chance, you know? Like, uh, no, but I thought it was a very funny character, man. I thought it was good. I agree. I really like the character. Um, one thing you asked the, the crowd, though, was, uh, did I st- or do you guys buy into this idea? And I think you should think of it more as like, can did I sell it to you? Because your whole premise is like, I'm scared, yeah. and I didn't feel scared. But if you like really got people to feel that, yeah. I think it would be yeah. even more should impactful. More, should I act more yeah. scared? Yeah. Act like those, like if this is part of the character, someone that's freaked out, it's stuff that no one else knows about, and he's in on some conspiracy, and like you fucking have to tell everyone because we're all gonna die. Yeah. Okay. So some sort of like immediacy will really sell and bring people in on the lab. Do you guys know about the other ones? Like, people know about Watson and Deep Blue, right? Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Like, when you say them, they're not, like, unheard of. I So I, I uh, both agree and I disagree with your comment in a sense of I, I think there is an element of, like, if you're going to do an hour stand-up, like, that character has to be either, like, super far removed from your normal voice or, like, close enough that it's just a regular theory that you yourself have. So I think you I think you want to play around with it as much as possible so that you can do it in your real voice and and also heighten it and and be just as scared as as a suggestion. I don't, I had a problem with you saying you would give your girlfriend as a tribute because first of all I'm pretty sure she could fight you, but it's like second I just think like something else like you would donate your body to uh, the cyber be, become a cybernetic organism or something like that and then if you di- if they did if you did like let them sleep with your wife or whatever they ghost her they don't not return her calls the computer ghosts her uh, and uh, tribute brings in mind of the hunger games which isn't any just whenever you say it's a tribute now everyone's like ooh the hunger games so it sort of draws ideas in people's head that you might not want them to be picturing sweet all right you guys clap it up for Jesse Warren <laughs> Your next comedian is a very funny lady with a very bright jacket and a smiling personality. Put your hands together, everybody, for Ginny Hogan. Hey, everybody. Sorry, I don't have my jacket on today. Uh, I do. It's like sitting right there. 
Uh, I guess I'm just going to pick up right where I left off on Friday um, when I went over time. So I think the last thing I had said was um, I tried to be bulimic, but I couldn't quite hack it. <laughs> and uh, it's a great segue into talking about my childhood. So I went to um, uh, an all-girls Catholic school in Manhattan. Yeah. And it was definitely like kind of a unique environment. So I think that my parents, well, my, I know that my parents, because they later told me this, they wanted me to go to an all-girls school so that I wouldn't be kind of distracted by like impressing boys. I spent like most of my childhood with the sole goal of wanting to touch a pigeon. <laughs> so I think it worked. Um, and to be honest, like I wasn't distracted by chasing boys. The pigeons in New York are not like the pigeons in San Francisco. Like they fucking get the fuck out of your way if you try to touch them. Like in San Francisco, I feel like I'm gonna get hit by a pigeon. But uh, in New York, like the pigeons keep to them fucking selves, you know, like New Yorkers, real New Yorkers. Um, and I do think that this pigeon chasing was like good practice for chasing boys later in life. Um, you know, in terms of just like the patience needed and like the disregard <laughs> for hygiene and that kind of thing. Um, so that was good. Uh, that was a good part of the all girls school experience. On the downside, like some weird things happened. So we had this English teacher um, and he was a guy and like kind of the general consensus was that like male teachers at an all girls school were either like really creepy or gay. And like that, wa that was like a vicious stereotype that was also true. Um, so this guy happened to be really creepy. So. Here's what's up. Like, I, at the time, there are a lot of things that at the time seemed normal that he did, but then in retrospect seemed really fucked up. Like, for example, he was really into, like, pulling out lines from literature that, like, weren't that dirty and making them really dirty. Like, we read Great Expectations, and there's, like, one line where, like, Pip puts a, a piece of bread down his pants. And Dr. Lynn said this, like, ridiculous list. So he was like, oh, my God, there's a surprise down the leg of his trousers. It's a penis. Penis! And he just like yelled penis for like like 40 minutes. Like that was the whole class. Um, penis! Which at the time seemed normal because we were analyzing literature. In retrospect, a little bit fucked up. An another thing he wanted us to do was uh, come up with like dirty names for the book that we were reading. So like Great Expectations. He wanted us to think of like Great Sexpectations. And it's like, he was... He was like very disappointed that we didn't come up with like great ejaculations. And I'm like, those two words aren't even that similar. They just start with an E. Um, and at the time, like I thought it was fun. We were being creative. In retrospect, like this was a ninth grade English class. Like it was not like a marketing agency for a porn production company. So that, a little bit fucked up. Um, he was really into like the really hot girls in my class. Like would really like like everything that they said and like think everything they said was smart and like. At the time, like, I had been in an all-girls school, so I wasn't used to, like, and I was, like, kind of, like, type A and, like, pretty into school, so I wasn't used to, like, people, like, not thinking the things that I said were right, but, like, it was good preparation for the rest of my life, um, <laughs> him just being, like, really into, like, hot girls, but at the time, it made sense to me, because I was, like, oh, they're, like, really hot, but then in retrospect, I'm, like, they were 14, like, he was 30, like, <laughs> like, fucked up. Um, did you just honk me? Okay. Um, and then, like, he had this other thing <laughs> where he would get really kind of turned on by, uh, we had, like, a vending machine with, like, ice creams, and it would often get stuck, and he'd get, like, really turned on by, like, putting his arm in and, like, trying to, like, get the ice cream, like, seeing how deep he could get his arm into the vending machine, like, uh, but actually, that's one that I thought was weird at the time, but in retrospect, I get it. Like, I can kind of see what was erotic about that. <laughs> um... Yeah, so that's a little bit about uh, my high school experience. Um, I think I'm, I'm out of time, but I'm Ginny. Yeah. Ginny Hogan! Ginny
us that men over I thought it was cool that creepy. did you honk me at works both for Pamela and your creepy teacher. I think, yeah. Uh, I just, I thought that was a very well-structured set. I, uh, you, you started off by saying, like, continuing from where I left off on Friday. And, like, I wasn't here on Friday, but then your, oh, title, yeah. your title sentence says it all. The, the, I tried bulimia, but I just couldn't hack it. It's like, yeah. oh, this is great. This sounds funny, and it tells a story in just, like, a sentence. That's great. Um, yeah, and I felt like everything you brought up had a payoff. Everything you introduced, every next step in the story kind of had a punchline to go with it. It was, uh, I have no uh, critiques, really. Just awesome yeah, set. Great job. It's, it's, we're, we're becoming the Randy Jackson of this uh, open <laughs> mic. We're just like, yeah. great job, dog. Uh, Somebody say big something. Big fan. Uh, oh. oh, I didn't think it was that good. I can't do a British accent. Uh, no, that was great. Was it? Ooh, thank you so that. much. Uh, you know what? It's because I'm drunk like Paul Abdul. Boom. I've never seen an episode of that show. All right. Uh, <laughs> I really love that pigeon premise was what I was going to say. And I think the interesting thing is I feel like it could be three minutes on its own of just like how you were so into like chasing pigeons way more than you were into chasing boys uh, and how it actually helped you chase boys or get used to chasing boys later on. <laughs> that's such a rich premise. It's such a great, great, I mean, that's just sharp, sharp writing. So uh, kudos to you. You have a great punchline on there, which was uh, the men and the pigeons and how they were similar and they both have a disregard for hygiene. I think that that's like a three, that's a one, two, three that, can end with like how are how are men and pigeons the same okay, yeah. kind of thing because that was really funny the only critique I have the only critique is that you say like yeah. like a lot oh okay yeah just just be aware you're, it. you're um your your microphone right now you used to have a problem swinging around your face that's all good all your microphone work is so like if you're gonna focus on something like externally other than your writing just try not to say like so much i, I do the same thing i say um all the time cool she's aware of it <laughs> any other comments it was a great set anybody else all right put your hands together everybody jenny hogan sorry for the solemn music today I um, I pulled out this yellow dot music thing from a from a rental on Saturday night, and uh, they're very ambient. But it also suits my mood since we can never drink outside again. Boo. Uh, your next comedian is a really funny man who runs a great show on Tuesday nights at the Showdown, late night, on Sixth and Mission. You guys, put your hands together right now for Josh Holub. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna share something. Um, this uh, my uh, my senior year in high school, my senior prom. I bought my first uh, first condoms ever in my life. The first box of condoms I ever bought. Uh, it would be a year later until I used those condoms, <laughs> but uh, I bought them nonetheless. And uh, in that box of condoms, there was a instructional guide on on how to use condoms. So I'm gonna read. What came, uh, this is the instructional guide of how to use a condom from the first box of condoms that I ever bought uh, when I was 17 years old and, and still a virgin. And it would be a year until I would use uh, said condoms, unfortunately. So uh, this is how it goes. Uh, how to use a condom in English and Spanish. Uh, directions for use. 
Latex condoms are intended to prevent pregnancy, HIV and AIDS, and other sexually transmitted infections. You will not get laid tonight, you dumb idiot. <laughs> Use a new condom for each act of sex. Tear open the package carefully. Do not use your fingernails, teeth, or anything that can damage the condom. Spend the, su the next summer before college starts learning how to play the guitar. Chicks, <laughs> dig the guitar. Spend your days learning how to play power chords and practicing Inagata Devita. Spend your nights coming up with clever band names like the Jizz Socks and Professor Xavier's Dance Party. These are not good band names and will not help you get laid. Before sexual contact, place the condom on the head of the erect penis with the rolled side out. Once you're in college and in freshman sociology class, you'll meet a man named Dave. Dave is a cool guy. He has a leather jacket, facial hair, and most importantly, he plays the drums. You and Dave will start a band called Zombie Tits. This will not help you get laid. <laughs> Do not reuse latex condoms. Store at room temperature. Protect latex condoms against prolonged periods of exposure to extreme low or high temperatures. Oh, fuck. This is all part of it. Uh, second semester freshman year, you play a band at the student center. It goes well. A girl named Vanessa comes up to you after the show and tells you how much she liked the band. You blow her off to hang out with Dave after the show. <laughs> you and Dave write a song about boner pills. <laughs> you drink whiskey. You and Dave look in each other's eyes longingly. You are confused. You might be gay. <laughs> If the color is uneven or changed, do not use the condom. Make sure there is an adequate lubrication. If you add lubricant, use water-based Lifestyles brand lubricant. You are gay. <laughs> if you or your partner senses a burning or itching, discontinue use of this condom or try another type of condom. Part three, protection. Ha, 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 ha. I can't believe you slept with Dave, dude. You are not gay. You are reading directions to condoms. You are the first person to ever read these directions. But most importantly, now you know how to use a condom. Although you are not gay, condoms, yes, they are indeed very, very gay. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I guess that's it. That's fine. Yay! Josh Olive with a great premise. Here we go. I liked it, and <laughs> I, I thought it was great, and uh, I might not be a good judge. No, I think it was, I think it was universally considered funny. Uh, uh, I, I guess one tag I would add is uh, you might be gay, uh, but good news, you should still definitely use a condom and then keep going from there. Uh, the other thing I would say is whenever, uh, and maybe this is just, this could be just me, but I think whenever you're working out a bit like that, I think it behooves you to, to really stand up and like do it as you do at a show. Just because like, I feel like, um, Especially when you're in like more of a mainstream room and you really have to sell a bit like that, even 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 with the monotone, I think it really helps to just get that practice of like standing, reading, looking at the audience occasionally, uh, as you could do that joke. It's so funny, you know what I mean? Like it deserves every laugh it can get. Thanks, dude. Yeah, man. Be nice to me. Is that it? I thought it was great. 
just two notes. I mean, you know, like, it would be great to not have your piece of paper get messed up, you know, to maintain the illusion that, that, that those notes are in the condom instructions. Yeah. And then also, the you had me till the very end when you said condoms are gay, because that's just like an offensive yeah, gay yeah. joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't end with that. End with something like what he said. Do, do, you, yeah. not, do you not think that condoms are gay? <laughs> totally gay. They, they, they fuck other condoms. I don't know. Haven't you seen them together? There's, there's chemistry. Two condoms. That's why they might rip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a dork. Uh, yeah. Uh, d- did you have any plans of like adding the, because uh, up top you mentioned that you're going to say it in English and in Spanish or there's instructions? Yeah, just oh. the name of it. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, that, that might be funny, but I don't speak Spanish. But you could still read the instructions It'd be funny Spanish. if you used it differently in Spanish, because it was like, how do you use a condom in English? Two is yeah. Good. Yeah. Hola, senora. Like, <laughs> like. That's yeah, a really funny idea. That makes it from a three-minute bit into a six-minute yeah, bit. Yeah, that's like a whole long thing. That's funny. <laughs> Hola, señorita. ¿Qué yeah. pasa en tus pantalones? Yeah. Una Hola, señorita. Condom My apologies for what will happen. ¿Dónde está biblioteca? <laughs> <laughs> so that we can learn how to use it. So I can learn yeah, Spanish. That would actually be great if he just doesn't... Like, even the Spanish instructions don't know Spanish. Yeah, they don't even make sense. <laughs> it's just like, they're still very much second-grade Spanish. Yeah. El gato. Me gusta crayons. <laughs> like, Me gusta el gato. Wouldn't that be I love the pussy? Except it'd be a male pussy because gato is male and gata. There is no gata, right? That's funny. I don't know. Conjug- yeah. Spanish conjugations yeah. getting funny. Yo gato. little bit of like acting out with your hands even what the instructions were because I get like reading it as part of the bit you know like it makes sense that you're reading it but I think that because of that and like you're making less eye contact and I think it could have like you could have balanced it out more by doing more like if there were if there were any like opportunities to act it out you know even if it was just something like I think, I think the motions be, of putting on a condom. I think that's one yeah. you have to stand up when you're doing yeah, it just to give they, yourself yeah. a chance to do something yeah. that's good enough. Yeah. Well that's why I'm working out. This is the first time I've done that. It's so. great. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah, so funny. I'm not sure about that, but thank you. You, you heard the laughs. Everybody put your hands together for Josh. Yay, Josh. We've got some creepy didgeridoos in the back now. That's exciting. Didgeridoo, didgeridon't, but you are going to want to listen to your next comedian and be excited for the very funny comedy. Maybe she'll talk about female ejaculation again because I can't get it out of my head this whole week. I'm like, did I wet my pants or did I... But I, no one, no one even touched me. It was just my. Anyway, so here we go. Everybody, put your hands together. It's Tess Berry. We'll get there, Pam. Patience. Patience is key. Uh, I'm really. I've been uh, happy lately. I've been happy. Uh, last week I started a set saying I was sad. So it's a roller coaster, you know. I've been happy. I've been happy for a while. I've been a lot happier than I, I usually am. And uh, at the same time, I lost some weight. And uh, people keep asking me, like, oh, my God, what'd you do? Take diet pills? I was like, does Prozac count? <laughs> that's what I was taking. And I, my parents, uh, like, could tell that I've just, like, I'm generally happier. And they're like, oh, my God, what are you, like, seeing someone? And I was like, does my therapist count? Because <laughs> uh, she's great. <laughs> we have a really great time together. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm single, I'm not seeing anyone, but it's, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. A lot of people seem to care, like assume that I care. I don't care. I'm like the perfect amount of single to me. Like my self-esteem, uh, is like low enough where I don't want to date anyone that I like or think that I could, but it's not so low I'm going to date someone who's like shitty to me. (laughs) So I'm just like, 
in a perfect, perfect place right now with my singleness. Yeah, it's fine. I like being single. I like being alone. I only get like, I only like think about sex for like two days once a month, but I only realize it on like the second day. So I'm already just like, I'll just wait till next month. And then like nothing happens. So I'm already all the way through it. And I like, I'm, I don't think about it so much that I think more about my, I bought like a really fancy fucking vibrator. It was like over a hundred dollars. I was like, I'm going to do that and see if I like that or what it actually is. So I bought a like really expensive vibrator and I think about it more when I'm not home. When I go home, I like completely forget about it. <laughs> I've had it for a week and I haven't used it. I just like see what the different settings are. <laughs> and vibrators are like a weird form of privilege, I realized. Like, <laughs> it was fucking expensive. And dudes just have to buy socks. And also, like, other, <laughs> other women don't have, like, who aren't going to spend over $100 on a vibrator and to talk about their singleness and get food for their cat and all that, like, bullshit stereotype stuff. Like, they just, like, what, like, what is, what does my wealth get me? Like, six more settings? <laughs> like, I don't, it's just, uh, I, I just realized how privileged I was with my, while registering my vibrator online. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that's been my experience lately. Uh, speaking of which, I do I do see guys. I do date sometimes. Uh, I was with a guy this one time, and it you know nothing. It was so sexy. He was talking to me, uh, dirty talk, but like I was at the gynecologist's office. <laughs> so let me give you a picture. I was. Uh, he told me to lay at the foot of the bed, and then he knelt at the end of the bed to go down on me. And he told me, you need to scooch down further. <laughs> no, further. You really need to relax. <laughs> I was like, cool, thanks. <laughs> I'll get into, I'll get into, all right, I'll do a quick female ejaculation bit. <laughs> so let's get into it. So here's the thing. So, um, you know, people don't talk about it, and I'm embarrassed about it because I don't know what, how to feel about it, uh, but sometimes I squirt. And that's a fucking disgusting word. I'm not a squid. Like, I'm not a juice box. What the fuck does that mean? And then dudes are like, you know who else squirts? Every dude. And I'm like, no, you don't. I'm not squirting eggs. That's not the same thing, like, at all. I don't know why it's called female ejaculation. I'm not, like, it's not similar. And I'm so confused. And I don't know what to say. And the weird thing is, like, I don't know. Science doesn't know fuck all about it. And I can't tell someone what just happened. And they're like, so surprised. I'm like, I can't tell you what just happened because science doesn't fucking know. Like, anthropologists can take a hair off a 2,000-year-old corpse and tell you what that person ate. But a woman has a moment of ecstasy. And science is just like, huh. <laughs> Steve, did you see that? <laughs> Wait, did you say something? Oh, no, sorry. No, Steve. Uh, you, fuck it. Let's just go to Mars. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. We can, we don't know. Okay. Hey. Jess Berry. Uh, I thought great jokes, all solid punchlines, nicely paced. Uh, especially like the tag at the end, like fuck, it, let's just go to Mars. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, uh, one place I thought maybe there was an uh, opportunity to go further was like, I just got the vibrator. I just like play with the different settings. Maybe you like find different uses for it so you don't want it to go to waste. Like I made scrambled eggs. I just like whisk them with yeah. it real quick. Or I 
the, I don't know. I didn't realize it was going to be that funny or that I had that many opinions on my new vibrator, so <laughs> I'm definitely going to expand on that. No, I think that's great. It's like you, you pay hundreds for those things for this. Yeah. Stuff, you know. Well, I, I really haven't thought about I it. I love the line of just like vibrators are a special kind of privilege. <laughs> like yeah, that's, that's a great, I think that just like. The audience just like naturally leans in when they hear uh, uh, something like that. I re- I really liked your set. Cool. I feel like I'm doing a lot of posture stuff. I think the the way you sort of like the rhythm of your standup, you you could like, get closer to the audience, and I think okay, um, it would feel even more intimate. I know that sounds like a weird note, but I think yeah. about this all the time of like which comics can like lean against the back of uh, the stage and which comics are like right up top. I think you would you would like you'd hit even harder if you were like as close to the audience as possible. Yeah. I could benefit being more confident telling you guys I get, I squirt and just like getting way close to you, you know, just like, <laughs> I could really benefit from that. Well, because I mean, that's, not, that's, I know, the, that's the show though, you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. right though, you're, because that's, that is the show, that is, yeah. you're I the mean, performer. I mean, it's sarcastically in the sense that I, I get embarrassed, I know, I know. not the, yeah. That's but you don't want to take this on a journey, man. Oh yeah. God, could I'm such a fucking hippie. you maybe break the ice with it by like doing a Gallagher thing, like first two <laughs> <laughs> rows make it wet. Watch out. I've thought about saying, uh, you're in the splash zone. <laughs> so, oh, that's pretty, because I have another, I've skipped a joke about, I, like, there's nothing to say. Like, you say, God bless you, and you sneeze. I don't know what to say. <laughs> or dude say, like, I'm coming, and I don't know if I'm actually going to come. <laughs> so I usually say, you suck my battleship, but I like, welcome to the splash zone, too. Welcome I like that. Welcome to the splash zone. It's great. Uh, that does make female it Gallagher, me. love it. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Can't wait till your <laughs> sister takes your persona and goes around <laughs> It's gonna be great. Okay. You guys, cool. you guys didn't care for that Gallagher reference? Well, all right. <laughs> Students of comedy here at the Joke Workshop. All right, clap wildly. Tess Berry, a great yeah. set. Yay! Yay! Her set was so good that I changed up the music. Yay! All right, your next comedian, super funny lady. Love it every time she's here. You guys can see her all over town, everywhere now, and it's awesome. Please put your hands together for Dom Jellin. Thank you. I just lost a fight with a chair. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, cool. We're going to do this. Anybody here have a dead parent or two? All right, cool. Dead Parents Club. I ask uh, because I've learned that the only thing more awkward than having a parent die, which, I mean, also sad, but mostly awkward, uh, is having to tell people one-on-one that your parent's dead. Right, because like you're in this weird position where you have to console them about your loss, so you can get through the fucking conversation. When I was younger, I just used to lie about it. Right, like people would be like, "Where's your dad?" And I was like, "Oh, he's in Miami." And we moved back to Miami, and I was like, "Oh, he's in Haiti." I just kept moving him further south. I didn't want to deal with it. I was not about it. And uh, I would find creative ways to avoid the question. Right, he would be like, "What does your dad do?" And I was like, "Oh, he doesn't work." Right, because I'm fucking clever. Uh, but eventually, you know, I, I don't know. Eventually, I was just like, I stopped giving fucks, right? So I had, I had a friend of mine who was like, oh, why doesn't he work? And I was like, because he's dead, right? Like that, I don't have a way to console you. But then we agreed. And he was like, you know, I could see how that could be an impediment to employment. <laughs> and we were on the same page. And I was like, you know what, Dom? You just got to be more empathetic, right? Like when you're talking to people about this shit, right? You can't just, you know. So uh, by the time I got to high school, people were like, where's your dad? And I was like, oh, he's, he's dead. She'd be like, why are you smiling? Right, that's so weird. And I was like, oh, I thought I was being comforting. Apparently I just look like a serial killer. I look like I killed my dad, all right? It was, I was not about it. And, and I try, I don't know, I just feel like I tried so many different things and by the time I got to like college, I'd, I'd, I'd given up, right? So a roommate asked me how my dad had died. 
And I was like, oh, he got shot. And she laughed hysterically. And I was like, yes, I finally fucking nailed it. Finally. And she's like, no, really, how did he die? And I was like, no, really, it was a suicide. He shot himself. This is awkward now. And she was not happy. She was like, Dom, that is not funny. That is not funny. I thought you were making a black joke. And I was like, wait, what? I couldn't even take it as a red flag because I had just signed the lease. Like, I lived there for another year. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. But, I, you know, now that I'm 25, it's a lot better because now people are like, oh, your dad's dead? You're, you're a fucking adult. Suck it up. Shit happens, right? Like, it's all sympathy's gone, which is fine. It's, it's weird because, like, mental illness does run in our family. And I, I wouldn't say that I'm suicidal, but there are days where, like, I get in my car and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to fasten the seatbelt. We'll just see what the fuck happens today, <laughs> right? And then it just beeps, it beeps. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just die tomorrow. Like, it's not even worth, um, you know, it's fine. It is, it is what it is. Um, that is actually all I wanted to try out today. So I appreciate you guys. I won't take up more of a time. Thank you. I need, I need help with this bit, Pam. Yeah. You want with the dad, the dead dad bit? You feel like you need help? Yeah. I want it. Yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, you guys can go first, but I have a specific thing about the dead dad. Okay. Okay. So, um, you said, oh, with the creative things, he just doesn't work. I want to have a whole bunch of those. He just lays around all day. He's friends with tiny animals and bugs. He's what do dead people do? Right? Like, okay. Gotcha. Like he's, he, uh, he has a couple pet rats that he feeds all the time. I'm yes. just saying, if you're going to be creative about him being dead, you might as well like... Be creative, yeah. Because you could do a bunch of those and then end with, you know, he's unemployed or whatever, you know, like... Yeah. Because you already let it out of the bag that we know, the audience knows he's dead. Right. It's the people who don't know that he's dead. So you can get... I mean, you're already in like dangerous territory, kind of. Yeah. With the, with the, you know... But the black part is fucking badass. And you're like, I didn't know how does It's that? a true fucking story. That's why it's so fucking hilarious. That's great. Orlando is no joke, people. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like that it's a heavy subject and you just fucking own it. You're, you yeah. Um, there's a lot of great uh, setups, good punchlines in there. One area I thought uh, there was going to be more was, I think, at the, uh, up at the top, your... You were saying, I'm put in the awkward position of having to console people about my loss. And I thought there were going to be examples of that following, like, uh, okay. no, 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 he, he lived a good life. He was all right. Don't, don't cry. Uh, and then you, instead, you just uh, kind of moved on to the next thing. I thought uh, maybe there was yeah, felt like that was going to be Something like, oh, did, did you lose your friend's dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which feel free to use that if that works for you. But uh, to me, I thought that it, first of all, uh, absolutely kudos to you talking about it on stage, making laughs. Great job. That's what comics are supposed to do. Yeah. I I did think that although that last joke is funny, that whole it, the whole joke seems to be working its way towards a big final punchline that isn't there yet. Uh, just in the way you pace yourself in the rhythm. Uh, so keep keep hammering away at it. Um, because there are so many things that you've already made funny that could be even funnier with just like different words and, and stuff like that. I wish I wish it was more helpful, but that's as I was listening to your joke, it felt like it was building towards something that uh, uh, just doesn't exist yet. Okay. You can keep moving him south too, like you did. Oh, he's, uh, when we were up and then he was in Miami, and now like we went back to Miami, he's in Haiti, and then we went to visit my grandma in Haiti, and and now he's in Antarctica, and he's a penguin, or like yeah. 
I don't know. But you can keep <laughs> moving him. Where in the world is like Carmen San Diego? But it's a new game with your <laughs> dad or something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think uh, there's so many ways you can do it. I, I did feel like it's a mic. You know, that's that's yeah. why it's always weird to give like his critiques because it's like ah, not as good as you could have been at that three minute open mic. Uh, <laughs> but it, uh, no, it's good. It's helpful. Uh, it felt like you were like kind of like what Pam is saying. You were getting to this part where you could have set a list and you were just sort of abandoning it. Okay. And, you know, it is a mic, so you might as well just, like, do work out all sorts of different options for that. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Anyone else? Ladies in the back? Another, like, work situation that could be connected to dying is, like, you could say, like, oh, have you seen that show for Six Feet Under? His work is kind of connected to that. <laughs> you know, like, keep going with the, like, he feeds rats all day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've seen you do um, this whole thing a couple of times now, and it's always really, really good, and it kills. Um, this <laughs> <laughs> is like my oh third my time. <laughs> it is about my, oh, I'm fucking slow. I'm slow. Yikes. Thank you. I didn't mean for that to happen, but I, um, <laughs> the, the part I like that seemed new was the, the beeping when you don't plug in, or when you don't put on your seatbelt. I think that there could be more with that, or like more of the, like, the, just the playing with like being low-key suicidal because I have a I mean that's definitely like a feeling that exists in the world and people could recognize it more if you just like hit that one a little bit harder okay yeah like passively suicidal yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright yeah do like a title yeah like just vaguely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. alright cool beans Huzzah, thank you guys y'all are awesome all right. Uh, your next comedian is a lovely human being, very funny and very helpful around the station here. Put your hands together for George Davis. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. All right. Here we go. Oh, by the way, uh, it's weird having two people come right up after each other in basically the same outfit. Like, I've called this my Paddington Bear look right now. It's perfect for the podcast audience. All right, anyway. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> it's my fault. All right, yeah, we're wearing the same exact thing. All right, um, okay, here we go. Thing I was doing this the other night, right? I'm out till like four in the morning and I'm trying to talk with this friend of mine and uh, we're doing this thing. Just bullshitting next to the pizza place out in the marina, full of douchebags, by the way. If you haven't been out there late at night and you want to see some reels, ooh, go out there. Um, I ended up talking to him about this thing, and I forgot what I was going to say, and then I had a conversation about the fact that I didn't know what I was going to say, which is the biggest waste of breath and time I think you could possibly <laughs> ever have, because suddenly you're now having a conversation about the thing that you couldn't remember, so now you're apologizing about a thing that didn't happen and you're having a conversation about that thing. It's the weirdest shit on earth. So, anyway, that's super meta, I guess. <laughs> I love that term. <laughs> oh, uh, none of these really connect. These are just stupid ideas I kind of wrote down. Um, I learned that new word, teledildonic, and I finally figured out what teledildonic must mean. It's Donald Trump. He's teledildonic. He's a thing that makes people, like, a lot of people feel like they're jerking off on TV, but it's not a real thing. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, my mixed drinks. 
I think I make really great mixed drinks, first off, all right? Because it's crazy that, like, my girlfriend could, oh, my ex-girlfriend could make amazing mixed drinks. She was, like, a wannabe bartender, you know? She'd have the whole setup and everything would look nice. Mine looked like vomit. It looks like stale mud, but they taste so good. Like, they're better than her drinks, and they're just, they're gross. They look like somebody rolled over it with a car. Anyway, <laughs> like, who mixes, like, oh, what I do, like, whiskey and, like, orange juice and grenadine and other shit, and it tasted so smooth, but it looked like you just, like, literally just pulled it out of the toilet and, <laughs> here you go, have a drink. No, I'm good. I'm good. But they're crazy because they miss really good shit. All right. Oh, and this is a weird thing. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about this. Black dudes and black people are like Marvel fans. They're true believers. Like, they believe in the American dream more than, like, they're the most American Americans that there are. They fought, like, as slaves, they fought for American freedom. They couldn't do shit. They can't vote. They get whipped. They get lynched. They fought in every fucking war. They fought in the revolution. They fought before the Revolutionary War. They, like, have been fighting the whole time. And it's like... I gotta find my punchline. Oh, right, there it is. Oh, yeah, they're uber Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, during slavery, they fought lynch mobs. They fought the Krauts and the Klan at the same time. You know, it's like, I figured, like, I hate that people don't respect, like, just black people in general more. You know, you want to listen to their music. You want to listen, dance to their fucking shit. You want to laugh at how they talk and blah, blah, blah. But, like... Don't forget, like, you moved here. I hate when I hear Irish people complain, because I'm Irish. And like, hey, man, you know, we had it hard, potato famine and all that shit, but we moved, you moved here. We were fucking brought here and still fucking party. Like, we're like beyond fucking, like, beyond that shit. Like, it's not Australia. Nobody fucking drug you down here. Y'all had the option to go somewhere else. And as I usually do, my last joke, uh, my oldest joke. <laughs> My 15-year-old joke. What can lifesavers do that guys can't? Come in five different flavors. Thank you very much. George David. I guess my first note is speak for yourself. And no, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I have a lot to say about this. Um, uh, I think the first joke... I think you can almost like open with it. I was just I was in a conversation where all I was saying was how I forgot what I was about to say, and you just cut the first ten seconds of that joke off, and I don't think you miss anything. Okay. Um, the other thing is, I thought to, you you want to take more time to unpack some of the stuff you were talking about in the second half, okay. because I feel like there's so much there, and you're sort of trying to say it all at once. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're better off just turning them almost into like four or five different premises instead of trying to make it one okay. one thing. Uh, do you have anything? Um, the thing at the beginning, uh, you're talking about, I was having the conversation about how I can remember, and now you're doing the set about how you can remember <laughs> the thing I said. Oh, yeah. Like, I was, I, was in, I was digging that. I was into that. I thought, like, the build-up to it was good. Uh, then you kind of gave up on it at the end. I feel like it just needs something, just some button at the end for anybody who maybe didn't quite catch on yet, just to, like, hammer it's like, this is the thing. Just plant the flag in it. Cool. Um, what was the? What does teledildonic mean? Oh yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly. It's supposed to be uh, virtual reality. Um, I had a longer but thing what on was it Friday. Oh, it's it's what Donald Trump is. I'm trying to think of what teledildonic. I was trying to think of like a other corollary that's not virtual reality um, at home jerk off material, which is what they're trying to have. Like you know, after they have the goggles this this winter, I guess they're coming out. 
pornography moved in first, and they're like trying to have. There's a really heavy patent thing. Okay, that's on. like a whole backstory. Yeah, that's thing. why I didn't throw it in there. I yeah. just kind of chucked right into teledildonic because it's such a weird word. It dildos in the word teledildonic, yeah. and then it uh, then it just made me think of Trump because because Donald Donald sounds like yeah like Donald Donick Donald oh, Don Donald Trump yeah. Maybe there's something. And there, he's a big then. dildo. It's absolutely yeah. true. It's true. Uh, you you can see from a distance what a dildo Donald Trump is, or something like that. I don't know. From hey guys, I don't appreciate you making fun of my friend at this mic. I mean, I agree to. Uh, uh, you you had a you had a throwaway that I don't know if you said, and then you didn't go to it um, when you said black people are Uber Americans, and I feel like the punchline on that is now they all drive for Uber. Because it's like you go through the whole thing. They fought in every war. They are Uber Americans. <laughs> and now they drive for Uber because they're still <laughs> slaves. Because yeah. we live in a new slavery where we just pay people $20 an hour, and that's okay, I guess. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I also thought the drinks thing, uh, yeah. could, I, I don't know, I, I, that resonated with me slightly because I've made disgusting-looking <laughs> delicious drinks before. But, uh, again, just like you could simplify it. Uh, I make drinks. My girlfriend doesn't like them because they're delicious, but they look like dog shit. And then, I don't know, some something to close that off. Cool. I like that you used the exact drink that we made during Tim Pizza's podcast. Yeah. I was drinking those too, and they were delicious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was gross because they were all pulpy. They were all pulpy and <laughs> yeah. weird. And it was fucking... It was really good. It was really good, yeah. Enjoy. Whiskey and orange juice. Don't be afraid. You're, uh, you used an alliteration there with the Krauts and the Klan. Yeah. Uh, through that whole rant that I really appreciate. I really liked how those words clung together. And I thought that was almost a setup for a punchline right afterwards. So keep that going as you write that out because I think that could set something up really big. Uh, I'm so sorry you had to hear uh, Kurt just sucking your dick for a second. It was just not okay, even though your name is Ken. <laughs> Coach Kurt. Uh, guys, I'm an asshole. Uh, no, but I, I, I want to go back to the Uber Americans thing, but I think that was a thing where I think Pam's note really helps because it, it's a, it's just such a big idea, but it's not a premise yet, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a really interesting subject and it's an interesting idea, but it, it, there's no actual stand-up premise to it yet. Uh, it, 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 and you kind of mentioned the Marvel thing, so it kind of, um, I, I think just, it's such a good idea, I think you, you would owe it to yourself to work on it a little more. And, yeah. and think about the new slavery economy. That the new We don't call it slavery economy. They call it a service economy with TaskRabbit, Uber, Lyft. Or wage slavery. Wage slavery, yeah, absolutely. The Marvel tie-in would also be because of how all-American they are. You're like, why the fuck don't we have a Marvel superhero yet that's black? More than like Luke Cage or something like that. Sweet. There's also a Marvel superhero who's just called Black Panther. The Black yeah. Panther. I thought it was. Is he not black? No, he's black. Oh, okay. Thank God. Okay. All right. Sweet. Because that would be funny if there was a Marvel character named Black Panther who was really white. That would be funny. Uh, her name is Black Widow. <laughs> She's white. All right. Put your hands together, everybody. George Davis. Yay, moving right along. We have a new name on the list, and I know that because I tried to tag her on Facebook, and we're not friends. That was crazy. Yeah, I know. We're not friends yet. Couldn't tag her. Uh, but you guys, a new new comedian, be kind and lovely. Remember, if you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, make the bread taste good. Not that there's going to be shit in the middle of her sandwich. We're not saying that. Uh, I'm sure she's a very funny lady. Put your hands together for Elizabeth Simone. Yeah. Hey, um, have you guys heard about how sitting is bad for you? Yes. Anybody? Yeah, the bad for you list is just getting longer and longer. Like, 
uh, alcohol, sugar, high fructose corn syrup. Now it's sitting. Um, I saw this headline the other day on CNN.com. Sitting will kill you even if you exercise. I'm going to repeat that. Sitting will kill you even if you exercise. Guys, I, I can see the future from here. It is bleak. People already use standing desks. Imagine at restaurants. Um, we need to be in the standing section. I can't be around sitters, you know, secondhand sitting or at 12-step meetings. Hi, I'm Elizabeth. Um, I'm a sitting addict. It's been uh, 20 minutes since I last had a seat. <laughs> um, I was on the, uh, the MacArthur BART platform the other day, and um, this came over the loudspeaker. To the gentleman who just peed in the elevator, that is disgusting. <laughs> and then uh, a couple seconds later, Attention, BART passengers, the elevator on the San Francisco side will now be going out of service due to a certain someone who just peed in it. You know who you are. <laughs> and then uh, a minute or so after that, to the gentleman who peed in the elevator, that's what restrooms are for. <laughs> to the female who accompanied him, I would watch out because he didn't wash his hands. <laughs> now, I don't know what's more shocking, that this guy was publicly shamed by the MacArthur BART operator, or that the San Francisco BART operators don't publicly shame people more often. <laughs> I always wondered, why is the MacArthur BART elevator so much cleaner than the elevators at 16th and Mission, and 24th and Mission, and Civic Center, and Powell? <laughs> and Embarcadero. The San Francisco BART needs public shaming. I mean, homeless advocates have been trying for years to get the cities to put in more public restrooms, right? So people who have to do their business have a place that's not the, the BART elevators. Little did they know the answer was not public restrooms. It was public shaming. Um, I'm from New York originally, and yeah, um, I've lived here for five years. One difference uh, between New York and San Francisco, in New York, if you are in a crowded area and you're trying to get by someone, you say, excuse me. In San Francisco, if you're in a crowded area, you're trying to get by someone, you, you stand close to them, you maybe hover a little bit over them, and you say, Nothing, that's right. You, you say nothing and you hope they can read your mind. Uh, yes, saying excuse me. It's, it's kind of like admitting you don't like kale or you don't believe in astrology. It's just not done in San Francisco. <laughs> um, but you know what? Fuck that because being direct is, it's, it's not a crime. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, that's all I'm gonna try out right now. Yeah, yeah. Yay! Oh, great. Elizabeth Simone. Uh, I enjoyed that you did your set about me the one time I took Bart. Uh, uh, I actually, I would, I would go, uh, I would act out the New York thing more when you say excuse me, like excuse me, and then you would leave, uh, and then I would shorten the San Francisco thing to where it's like, when you're in New York, you just say excuse me, and you get past them, and when you're in San Francisco, you don't, and then that's it. <laughs> you don't, because uh, uh, you, you, it was like a long build up. Or everyone just starts standing in line, because that happens too. Instead of saying excuse me and walking past, you just create a big line on the street, and everyone gets in line, <laughs> yeah. and you don't know why. I was thinking more like groceries. Oh, 
stuff that I forgot. Yeah, I was thinking more like in the grocery store where it's like uh, rounded and yeah. Okay. I like that. I like I the like sitting that. thing. I just tweeted yeah. something about sitting too. So it's a, sitting is hot, guys. It's a new hot joke topic. Uh, get your sitting jokes in now. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, 2016. Yeah. It's really hot. Yeah, yeah. Soon everyone will be standing and no one will remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. That when sitting jokes are hack is when everyone's standing. You'll be allowed to sit, but it, it's like 20 feet from. <laughs> I hope comedy clubs are the last place people are still allowed to sit, just because the comics request it so that their jokes will work. <laughs> like, uh, I really like the concept of the bad for you list at the top. I yeah. I've never heard that before, and I instantly know what you're talking about. And uh, they're at uh, hits home. Do you think I should say those things on the list, or I should I should just say the bad for you list for getting along, and people will know what I mean? Or well, do you think I have to? I, I think. I think adding some examples uh, could strengthen it even more. Um, I was also going to say, like, maybe throughout your set, you could uh, add other things to the list as you go. And it's like, and that goes on the bad for you list, uh, oh, calling a different bitch. Like and peeing, for you, peeing on the uh, BART elevator, that's on the bad for you list. I don't know, okay. something like that. Well, yeah, breathing in all that ammonia. Well, being with someone while they pee on the elevator or being in the elevator yeah. after someone's peed, that's on the bad list because it's all that ammonia. Working as the, the announcer smells. at the MacArthur BART station, that's on the bad for you list. Um, the bit about uh, sitting's bad for you, uh, there was a moment where you kind of looked back at the bench for a second like maybe you're going to sit down. I thought oh. th there might be some opportunity in there for like you start to sit down and you're like, what? no, 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 I'm not going to do it. Uh, opportunity for some physical comedy. Um, and the acting out the excuse me thing, I thought that was a good perceptive thing, the whole just like hovering over somebody and saying nothing. Maybe uh, if you like hovered over the mic stand or, or over somebody in the front of the crowd to kind of, uh, as opposed to just like looming over uh, empty air might help uh, the acting out of it. But I think that's why acting out the New York thing also helps okay. increase the contrast. Yeah. The, the tags at the end were very funny, like you don't eat kale or believe yeah. in astrology or, and, and that list you could go on and on or, you know, that's yeah. like saying you don't go to Burning Man, <laughs> something like that. Like I live in San Francisco, but I don't eat kale. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, saying you're voting Trump. I really enjoyed how you, can, you had this parallel of like sitting uh, is to smoking, but you didn't explicitly say it. I thought that was great and there are, there is room for more and how you referred to it. Yeah, it was really good. Um, <laughs> I can't date a sitter. Yeah. yeah, I think it's. I think it's real. When you said it's been 20 minutes since I've had a seat, that I that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> that was really really good. I I saw everyone's reaction. Everyone liked it. Don't worry, you liked it. Uh, I also think um, either you can start out with talking about the list of things that are bad for you, and then introduce sitting at the end. So you give a list of things that are obviously we know are bad, oh. and then say sitting, and then you get a laugh there. Or make your point more clearly if you want to bring up sitting, like you did, and then talk to the list about things that are bad for you, and then use examples that are like shit that goes back and forth every week, like like eggs last week, but in 2012, but like not anymore, and like coffee in 2013, but like no, they're fine now, like because the list is constantly go flip flopping, yeah. Um, so I think you have two options for that for the setup, but yeah, it's a super good premise. But I think, I think that's because you, you sort of, you kind of talk about public shaming, but I think you can go even more in depth about the public shaming with opera. Oh, yeah. Okay. You keep, keep talk keep about public shaming all day. Keep the impression, though, because you nailed the tone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I keep the impression, but I'm just like, I 
Well, think about other ways that you can public shame. I, I don't public shame adults. I only public shame children. So it's a little bit easier and a little bit different. But like, I mean, but you can public shame all kinds of, I mean, you could public shame a pigeon for all I give a fuck, right? Like you can get those things out of your way too with a nasty glance. Dogs understand sarcasm. Isn't a good sarcastic word good for a dog? Nice shit on the ground, dog, right? Public shaming. Yeah, might as well. All right, Elizabeth Simone, yay! And not that any of you care, but the Warriors are up right now. One, oh, nope, just tied now, 101 to 101 with the Timberwolves. It's a big game. We're in the fourth quarter, just 12 points even at the end. Nobody cares about that. I care. I like the Warriors, just so everybody knows. Two, two secrets about Pam Benjamin. One, I'm an avid reader. Two, I love the Golden State Warriors. Why? Because I enjoy a good bandwagon. It's so much fun to get on and go around behind, and then sometimes they throw you candy. Uh, your next comedian is a funny, funny lady and incredibly helpful and, uh, and actually a really great writer. I just was given the opportunity to read some of her nonfiction work, and it was lovely. And you guys are going to laugh. I think that her jokes are actually pretty much nonfiction, too. <laughs> but either way, they're really funny. Put your hands together for Trina Roderick. Awesome. I am so happy. It's Friday. Fuck. It's not I mean, it feels like the Monday joke workshop, but whoo, what a week. Yeah. Oh, so I, uh, okay, I've been, I've been thinking about this for a while. I think it's probably, I don't know, ever since Pam introduced me just now. And that's, uh, I think I love you guys. Aww. Is it too soon? <laughs> Did I make it weird? Well, tough, because it's my love. You're going to take it, and you're going to take it like a man. The chicks are going to take it like a gay man. And this isn't all going to make sense. Uh, it's because I'm an insult comic. <laughs> so you're going to get burned by shit you don't even understand. I uh, I don't know how to be like a loving insult comic though. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to figure out how to do that. So I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna experiment. Okay. All right, Sid. So it's you and me. We're gonna do this. All right. So we're I'm gonna I'm gonna like maybe give you like a little hug. Does that work? Like Aww. if I go like, oh, Sid. Mm -hmm. I'm never ever gonna fuck you ever. <laughs> you okay with that? Is that? Is that too shitty feeling? I mean, you knew that already, though, right? <laughs> like, I never want to see any part of your body naked. Aww. Like, I a hoodie for you, man. Oh, good, because I was just thinking, especially not your face. <laughs> right? Wait, I'm not done. Where else was I going to go with this? Wait, hold on. Shit, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look around. Oh. Look, Sid, look around. Look around. See, look, that's all these people. They don't want to be you right now for reasons that have nothing to do with your handicap. Aww. See what I did there? So for that moment, <laughs> you were relieved of that burden, Sid. I'll go back up here now, sorry. You were relieved of that burden. Until some asshole then reminds you, puts it right in your face. You have that handicap. And it all comes back. 
you're welcome though for those five minutes all right that's all that's all i'm gonna try i'm sorry was that okay i'm so sorry sid i don't know i don't know though I feel weird is about it. it. Is it weird that every female comic does that at least once during her set? Is that weird that they come up to me and tell me they're never going to sleep with me? Because it hurts me. Oh, I was, I've been thinking <laughs> about your set Friday all weekend. I uh, was like, I mean, basically, basically, your cousin came up to you and was like, dude. My cousin? Yeah, you the know, person the at the party. Yeah, He's, she's talking about your joke about the nine. Oh, oh, Zoe. She's, yeah, yeah, Zoe yeah. basically came up to you and was like, dude, your dick's out. Did you know your dick is out? <laughs> they can all see your dick. Oh, you guys you guys didn't hear the joke, I'm a rapist. Is that, no. Uh, no, <laughs> no. It's, you know why? It's because what's happening is men and women are diverging so drastically. Like, she's basically, what she's thinking is, that could never work, what he's doing. There's no point to what he's doing because that will never work. It's not you. It's that your guys don't get anymore how to... Anyway, it could be just it could just be me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, let me fill you guys in. Uh, I was at a party and I hit on some women, uh, uh, and my friend was like, uh, "Yeah, they're not into you." And I was like, "Okay." No, no, your friend was like, "You know, they can tell you're hitting on them." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's (laughs) what. And Sid's like, "Well, yeah, that's kind of the point." Uh, Yeah. Great joke. I'm a big fan. I'm just gonna stand up here telling Sid's material. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It doesn't work for me. Let's do this. (laughs) <laughs> no, I just feel so bad because I like I want to say it so bad because I think women would love to hear it, but I feel so bad for the guy. Like the look on your face is like, oh no, I don't want to hear that, live and in person. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's it's not unusual for you to tell guys that you don't want to fuck them. Yeah. That's happened before. Because yeah. well, I've heard no, other people don't tell generally, jokes. Women aren't generally allowed to say that. I mean, that's not socially acceptable for us to run around being truthful about everybody we're not going to fuck. I mean, that, you know what, you make, that's a valid That's point. part of the reason I wanted to do it. Yeah, if they ask or if you're forced to, but it's not usually, like, you can't, you know. But it's hard, it's a discriminatory because with guys, that's assumed. And so women are left in this position of, this ambiguity where we can't say we can't be clear about the fact that it's never going to happen well if you're not going to fuck them you might be sucking their dick at some point so it's totally different you know what i mean Sorry, that's just all the same what thing. i was taught you're, well, you're, what are yeah years now <laughs> what, uh, what, uh, whether, okay have we gotten to the feedback portion yet i feel sure, like we're, we're so close that was it we're in, that was the feedback portion no you're, you're still you guys can feedback feedback i just didn't get to say see, you should have seen the look on sid's face is like uh, you know but it's like that's just it guys don't hear it oh no 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 the look on my face was i'm a comic having to do another comics act with them that is my <laughs> <laughs> i've been doing comedy for seven years like, <laughs> Uh, when I'm at an open <laughs> mic, I'm like, I okay, yeah, yeah now I'm gonna. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. That act. makes me feel better. Yeah, that yeah. Makes me, okay. Who else would you insult? Would you do that with anybody, or did you just yeah, specifically yeah. pick anybody? Sid, pick I just sing. picked Sid, Sid because the mic was closest. Gotcha. I would bring somebody on stage, actually. Ah. Yeah. And then sit with them, and then tell them, and then do. Yeah, the but loving see, it's just so awkward because I'm kind of like half bent down. It is tougher in with this, the raised stage. Right, and I can't have them stand up because usually if a guy is like taller than me, then I lose frame. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just working it out. You could well, shake I their hand. Like I, I have this image of Don Rickles walking through a crowd and just like leaning over to be like, hey, where'd you get that shirt? Did they make yeah. men or something? And then just like moving on. Like, 
you know, maybe lean down just to have them say yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get right back up. Or even I thought it was working. I, yeah. I, I mean, I think your demeanor is like cheerful, and it's like, but then you say you're the insult comic. It's like, well, how's that's that gonna work. Yeah, and thought, that's. I thought it was going really well. I thought like you give him a hug, and then you say something insulting. You can move on yeah. to something else, and like here's yeah, a lollipop. Okay, okay. You're gonna die alone. Right, right, right. Lovely, right. warm right. insult comic yeah. is a very smart, very good character. Like I think yeah, it's a very, it's a okay. very, it's a very strong premise. I, I, I okay. In that character, I think. All the right. lollipop is a great idea. I love props. Go to the bank and get some of those dum dums and stick them in your pocket. I didn't know you love props, dude. I I I am I love prop comedy. I'm also a secret prop comic. Are you really? You need to have. If you hand out candy to the audience while you while you slap them upside the metaphorical face and then you hand them a lollipop to be like you're a good sport. You guys right. telling me you like prop comedy is the meanest thing anyone Friday said now. to me all day. I feel like I feel like it's, it's not yeah. technically in the realm of prop comedy if the prop fits in your pocket. I if guess it so. fits in your pocket, then you're still not a prop comic. You're just a comic who happens to have a prop. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's my excuse. Sweet. Well, thanks for being the prop on that one, Sid. Put your hands together for Trina Roderick. You guys can listen to Trina's show on Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. It's called The Immutables. And your next comedian is another very funny lady. Ooh, we have a female rock block here. Three in a row. Sweet. Uh, Very funny lady. I'm excited. She's going to be on the all-female showcase on April 22nd. Put your hands together for Mary Goss. Thank you. So Ginny already left, which is a bummer. But like Ginny, I also went to an all-girls Catholic school on the East Coast um, for the exactly the same reason. Uh, my parents did not want me to get distracted by boys, which did not work out exactly the way that they hoped, because like now I'm pretty gay. <laughs> so, And I was hooking up with dudes in high school, too. So it didn't work out either way for them. <laughs> like, I was straight slutty in high school. Now I'm pretty gay. It's fine. <laughs> Fine. Um, what did I actually want? To, oh, okay. So something happened to me recently that hadn't happened uh, in quite some time. I got accused of friend zoning someone, <laughs> like that's a thing, which it's not. Um, but it's funny that he used that term, like friend zoning, because like I really thought of this guy as more of like a big brother type, you know, because he's always watching me and it's creepy. <laughs> and yeah, and I've never actually like. Like, you know, you see friend zoning on TV and whatever, and it's always, like, the, pretty much the same situation where, like, a guy is just like, oh, I'm trying to woo this girl, and the girl is just, like, in an otherwise unrelated <coughs> unrelated conversation is just like, I'm so glad we're friends. <laughs> and the thing is, I've done exactly that thing, but never to someone I'm actually friends with. <laughs> Not even once. All that means, all, like, I'm glad we're friends means is that, like, like, you're talking about. Um, it just means I don't want to have sex with you, but I'm also not interested in getting murdered. <laughs> and that kind of seems like your whole vibe. So not trying to do that. And um, yeah, this other thing was what I was working on on Friday, and I'm trying to get better at it. Um, who all is into boundaries? Okay, I'm glad we're all pro boundaries here. I'm trying to get better at mine. Um, but I think it's important to establish them from the outset. So that's why I start every conversation with, just so you know, I only have one rule. <coughs> Don't fall in love with me. <laughs> that's a good boundary to have. And then they're always just like, okay, but you still need to pay your bus fare. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, fine. I will do that. 
Um, but I, uh, I'm in therapy for a whole host of issues, including like trying to work on getting better at boundaries, um, which is interesting because my therapist has none of those. Uh, she sends me multi-page emails at interesting hours just about what's, what's on her mind. Like I'll just wake up, just wake up and she'll send me like 50 podcasts I need to listen to. Like this, this actually happens. I'm trying to, I've been trying to dump my therapist for six months. It has not worked because she's too dependent on me. <laughs> Um, last Monday, I was sitting in her office feeding her dog peanut butter while she told me about her relationship to her mother, who I have met. I've met her mother, who is also a therapist, who also has boundary issues. <laughs> it's just, I, yeah, no, and I love it. I love it when I get to, like, drop that in, uh, like, uh, conversations that have nothing to do with it. Like, one of my friends is like, oh, how'd you hear about this thing? And I'm just like, my therapist's mom. <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, I think that was pretty much actually. Uh, no, the one, one, one brief thing I also wanted to work on was that uh, I now am excited that I have a new uh, excuse for being suicidal. Uh, in that I think modern medicine has caused it because I should have died many, many times. I had strep throat like seven times a year as a kid. And I think that my brain is now just trying to make up for it. So it's just like, you should have died. Now you should probably just kill yourself. Um, you're working on time you don't have. So <laughs> I blame modern medicine. And that's pretty much all I wanted to work on tonight, yeah. Yay! Don't kill yourself. Yay. Uh, think about it. All right. Like, I'm saying, yeah, don't rule it out. Don't make it plan A, you know? Yeah. Because you're a comic. All right. Don't, you know, can't, don't take away that option from us, Pam. That's all I'm trying to say. I, I, I just, I, I mean, the only reason I'd want to kill myself is if the Warriors lost tonight, but now they're up 107 to 103, so I don't give a fuck. Yay. Just make sure you, if you're going to talk, talk in the microphone, Mary. Don't forget that. And the only reason I want to kill myself is life. <laughs> uh, I actually, I really like that therapist, my, ther- I'm, I go to therapy to work on boundaries, and yet my therapist has no boundaries is such a strong, smart premise that I think it makes the lead up to that feel weaker uh, because it's just not as good as what happens once you get to that point. So I'd almost cut it out. Yeah, I am so overwhelmed with the amount of material I have on my therapist that <laughs> often I don't know where to... I've been seeing so this I would woman just, for I would cut years. straight to it. Yeah. yeah. She's crazy. Like, I, I really need to talk about it, all these issues I have with my therapist with my other therapist that I started seeing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think all the therapist stuff is, it's so great and crazy, and, like, it's all real, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. that's, it's, it's gold. Are you um, paying her? A lot. Then you should put something in, because you never mentioned that you're paying her for you to feed her dog. Right. Put a, put a tag in there about, like, you're paying her $180 for a 50-minute session to hear about her mother while you're feeding her dog. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, thank God for insurance, right? Are you still on your parents' insurance? Uh, no, but I have insurance or work. Oh, okay, good for you. Real adult. I, I don't that. think you need to say that. I think it's obvious. It's so shocking. But I'm a therapist, so I, oh. I get that. Yeah. Are you hurt there? I would offer to see you, but I have boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's obvious. I'm just saying I think it's obvious that you're paying her. Yeah, I'm going to hit you up for references because I'm finally dumping my therapist. <laughs> I also thought uh, there might be an opportunity for uh, when you're talking about um, 
your brain's like, yeah, you should have died before. You should just kill yourself now. There might be some opportunity for a Final Destination reference. It's like, you avoided it the first time, but it's coming. I don't know. Okay. That's not very <laughs> <violent. laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, we were in a position where we we're like, I guess we should give tags so it sounds yeah. like we're super specific. I just but want then you when to they know bomb, I was we're like, well, all right, well. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome, audience. Uh, <clears throat> being a judge is fun. That, I think that's why the first big comics we were just like, hey, great job, dog. Uh, <laughs> really killing it. You know why I used to play the bass? Like <laughs> I, have a, I have a process, process comment. As a therapist, I have a process comment. I... I, th- I usually, when I see you at Hysteria, you, you have this thing where you comment on something another comic has done, and usually I don't like it. <laughs> I think, no, 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 but I think that, I, I, have a re- I think that, you know, you're trying to, like, have rapport with the other comics and stuff, but it feels like an unrehearsed bit, and I think it's smart to start with something that you know kills to, like, come out of the gates like that, but tonight it worked. I mean, I guess you're trying out different things. Tonight I liked what you said, so... You know, yeah, it's a, I don't know what people's opinions are on commenting about what I, I was going to say. I, I, I think yeah. that can be uh, risky, but yeah. I, I think some. I, I feel like all the very best jokes I have were those things I wrote about the comic who just went on, like just before I go on stage. Because I, I love the aspect of making a joke that you couldn't do on any other night, that you couldn't yeah. have prepared in advance. Makes it live. But yeah. I think that, yeah, it, it, it's. it's Possible goes the other way too. So I, I found it. It's interesting. It, I, I've t- had a lot of conversations about this, which is sad about my life. But I, uh, I, I think it depends on the region. Like uh, when I was in San Diego, it was sort of like really used to. You would make fun of the comic that went on just before us, and it was kind of our way of showing that yeah, we listen to your set, man. No matter how uh, shitty this mic was, we listen to your set. Yeah. Whereas in New York, it was frowned upon a little bit, huh. and so I, I think when I first moved to New York, some people thought I was a dick because I was like, <laughs> and I was like, no, man, I just gave you the only proof that one person, despite no laughs, uh, listened to your set. Uh. Uh, so I think, but I think on a show, I think it's really good because I just think the audience is like clued in immediately that like, yeah, this is live. Uh, yeah, and Hysteria yeah. is really the only place I do that consistently. Uh, a lot of the times, because I'm so like every time I get up there and I'm blinded, I'm just trying to like get yeah. myself together, and it's easier if I'm commenting on something that just happened. And maybe that's part of it is it feels like it has a little like deer in the headlights. Yeah. Like, what am I going to talk about? I'll just talk about something that someone just talked about. Because that's yeah. what it is, and but I'll it, stop but, doing that. But you're that. right; you can like find golden material that way, and I like that it's like respect. You're showing you listened when a lot of people. I wish I could give notes like that, though. You do this thing where you tell jokes, and I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Never worked. Worked tonight, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, Flash in the pan. The thing thing that... It's really good for the... It's what these guys are saying, and and I'll I'll reiterate it with a little bit something different, is that um, the audience wants... Okay, even if when you're doing material that's material, the trick is to be like George Carlin and to make it look like you're not doing material because he'd do the same set for a full year and every single show was exactly the same with the same timing and the same cadence and it was all exactly the same. But somehow he made it look fresh and new because he's a great actor and he's an amazing. he was an amazing comedian. But the way to get around that is to do something live to comment on the person's joke before you because then they're like, oh, this isn't... And then when you go into material, you can sometimes fool them eas- more easily by them thinking, oh, this might just be, she feels more natural. Because it's like, my biggest problem is the, it's engage, don't perform. I'm trying to engage, not perform. And when you have your jokes written out and you have your material, you can get into the place where you're like a tap dancer and you just perform them. And that's not necessarily comedy. It's a different style of comedy. But every time you trick it out and you do a little riff, 
it makes the audience be like, like Sid said, oh shit, this is live. You know, it's not just a scripted performance. So I think that's where when you riff on the audience or the person before you, it can really help you with the audience. I, I agree. I also agree with what Ben was saying earlier. Like, uh, it feels good, and when it, it's a joke you couldn't tell <clears throat> at any other time, but also if it's good. Like, I really liked your joke tonight because it had to do with you. This isn't a comment for you. This is just a general comment that I've noticed is, like, I'll do a set, and then a, another comic will go up, and sometimes we'll just say, yo, that joke was funny. It's like, well, that's not ingratiating with the audience. <laughs> and I've also had people try and add tags to my joke as the beginning of their set. That's annoying, mm. and this has nothing to do with you, Mary. Um, but I agree. It, I I think it like brings people in. If you say something that they didn't like, the audience didn't notice or is related but different, which is why I thought your joke was like your personal experience for this general experience. Yeah, I should definitely be more judicious about that because I know I do rely on that at hysteria. That, no, that keep doing it. Right. That's how you get good at it. Keep doing it. That's how you get good at it. Like. Yeah, you yeah. you should bomb hard at hysteria. I, I couldn't I couldn't riff for my first two years. I couldn't do it at all. And I tried once and I started crying. So it took me seriously. It took me until my fourth year of comedy to be able to go up on stage without every single joke written out. Like I just couldn't riff. I couldn't do it at all. So if you're doing it now, it's like it gives you a big head start. It's good. You got to practice things you're not Absolutely. comfortable with. I'm not that kind of person. I like to I like to succeed every time. So I try not to you know. But it's good to try things and fail because then you get better it's funny i had the opposite you didn't problem. fail tonight though you didn't fail at all you didn't know you were very funny my first year though i i found i would riff on other comic sets and that whatever i would say there would be funnier than anything i would say during my actual set so i would set the audience up with a laugh and then i would just bomb for five <laughs> minutes like just like and they'd be like well uh hope another comic comes on so you can talk about them <laughs> like uh so every comic's different but i think i think how long have we been doing comedy uh on and off for a couple of years but this go around but like, just, just like months yeah Keep throwing everything against the wall. I mean, keep doing it, cause who gives a fuck? It's, I mean, I like hysteria a lot, but it's a fucking mic. Like you, like, what's up? It's uh, at Martunis on Tuesdays. It's for women and queers, but they let me go on at the end sometimes. I'm both. Uh, go like sign up first. Yeah. Uh, and I, I feel like a dick. A lot of times, no one goes first, so I'll sign up first. So. And then they're like, you can't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Welcome to this uh, women and queer uh, first, Mike. Uh, going, coming up first, a straight male somehow. God damn it. Like, yeah. yeah, it's just for sign up, though. It's yeah, not yeah. for the night itself. Yeah, absolutely. All right, put your hands together, everybody. Mary Goss. Good talk, good talk. Good panel talk on that one. Just so everybody knows, the uh, Warriors have beat the Timberwolves. <laughs> 109 to 104. Yes, they are going to win everything again this year. Sounds good. I'm going to, later I'm going to go drink beer since I can't do it here anymore. Yay. Hey, your last comic. Actually, we have enough time. We're going to do one last comic and then we'll split the rest of the time between our two panel members and we'll just let them do quick sets because they've been working hard all night. We want to have them have some fun too. But our last comic to be critiqued of the evening. Put your hands together for Ken Suzuki. Do you ever write so many suicide jokes that as you're preparing your set, you're like, am I writing a letter? <laughs> There's more to that joke. We'll find it tonight, guys. We'll find it tonight. I want to start or found a startup in this area, an electric car company to compete with the Tesla, the Edison. Tagline will be, you can't run an alternating current. 
You can't run the alternating current. It'll kill the elephants. <laughs> History buffs in here, that's good. It's very good. <sighs> oh. People who read Burrell, they've gotta be really good at finger banging, don't you think? Their hands are just so sensitive. And that's what you need when making love. Sensitivity, it's important. Because there's just such a fine line between rough sex and violating the Geneva Convention, don't you think? I mean, where does the foreplay end and the enhanced interrogation begin? Guantanamo, that's where it ends. I give that tag about three and a half CIA black sites. I keep trying to add a tag on about extraordinary rendition, but it just keeps getting disappeared from my mind. I don't know why, I think it's because of this. I think it's because I found out that no matter how hard you try, you cannot make a tinfoil hat sexy. You just can't, so don't wear them. <laughs> they, um, things are just so different though when the government does them, don't you think? Like, for example, if I read my neighbor's mail or hack into their phone or peer into their windows with binoculars, I'm a peeping Tom. Government does it, national security. I'm doing my part for Neighborhood Watch. Ooh, ooh, just because I can't coordinate a drone strike doesn't mean I can't contribute. Oh, drone strike operators. Those people are just two whisker shakes away from being furries, aren't they? I mean, both spend a lot of time indoors in front of computer screens. Don't get out much, very lonely. The main difference, the conventions. Yes, the conventions. Furries have hacked the system with conventions. They're not going out blowing, they're not blowing up people, they're out blowing each other. They're not, they're, they impress me, but you know who impresses me more than the furries? It's the people that make the costumes for the furries. They're like the crazy cat ladies of people. I could net a sweater for my cat. Why not I knit an entire fucking mascot suit for a real human being? That's everything I had to work on. <laughs> yeah! Ken Suzuki with new jokes, yay! Uh, my first note, uh, I think the main note, is when you, whenever you do something like puns, uh, I think, the, I think the reason puns are very tricky on stage is because you can never really just do two of them. If you do two of them, it comes off corny, but if you do 100, it becomes impressive. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I, you, but you know what I mean? Like when you just start like really like rapid firing them, like bam, 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 then suddenly it becomes like people love it. Whereas if you do like two or three and it's kind of slowly done, people are like, ah, boo! Uh, uh, that's what I mean. That's what I've noticed. Like I, I saw, a, a, I, I'm not a huge fan of puns, but I saw someone do an hour of puns, and I was just like, "Oh, that dude is talented as fuck." Like that, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's like the difference. I do love puns. I love puns too. And I did not like your puns. No, no, they were fine. <laughs> uh, I, I think that was a valid point though about like, uh, I've, I've done the same thing on stage as having puns and then doing them in threes, just because like, I feel like that's the point where the audience is like, "Whoa, he's doing the pun thing," but I hope yeah. there's not more. Yeah, um, that's important. I uh, you were talking about uh, people who can read Braille are good at finger blasting or whatever, and I missed the jump to rough well, sex. So yes, 
just and then I missed the, the jump to uh, rough sex and Guantanamo. Yeah, and how did you get to torture? Oh, I said because there's just such a oh well, the joke was because um, that's what you need in the art of making love sensitivity because there's just such a fine line between rough sex and violating the Geneva Convention. Well, Knowing I, the I, think it's, I think it's saying there's such a fine line between rough sex and uh, the, the other one. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it sounds like the way the sentences are put together that mm -hmm. you're saying um, somebody's sensitive hands equate to rough sex. And I think that's what's confusing there. Like I get you, you have to be sensitive. So you know we're not to cross the boundary from Right, that's where the sensitivity comes in. See, I think this would make more sense if you, I wrote down a note, I said, I want you to talk about you, because you talk a lot about other people and stuff, and it seems like it's one step removed, and so I get confused, because it's like, I didn't understand the, the drone furry connection either, I was like, I don't know, I was trying to like brain tag it, but I think that without like a personal experience to somehow draw us in, to tag those things in your like weird fucked up brain, I still feel like you're one step back from your comedy. Like you're, you're writing a script that that could be for, like they're jokes that anybody. It doesn't. They don't. They don't specifically scream Ken Suzuki. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I don't. I'm. It's like you're telling jokes, but I just don't feel like the. I don't. I'm not getting your own personal connection to the material, and um, Steve Poggi gave me the best. Um, what's it called? Advice, and he said that. Um, the material is just the medium for the audience to get to know your personality. What they want to see on stage is you and how you're different. They want to see Ken Suzuki do it the Ken Suzuki way with your own personality behind, and, the, and the material just showcases your personality. That's what I'm trying to say. So I want to know, I want, I want you this week to go out and like write a joke about something that actually happened to you. Because I really don't see you as this waterboarding, like, choking women kind of guy. Is that you? Because if it is, that's cool. We just got to, like, not openly. Not openly. <laughs> but you're telling like, jokes about it. I mean, so, like, you know, I like to get choked every once in a while. But that's not, you know, like, ugh. I mean, but it's not, you got to somehow. And it's, I think the puns are taking you even farther back. Because it's like, this is written material. Do you know what I mean? And so we got to see, like. Anyways, okay, that's what I got to say. That's that's why I, that's why I like it when there's like a ton of puns because then you the audience goes past the thought of oh this is written material and just like oh holy crap this is so much written material and so like well done if they're like really well crafted you know. So if I were to like stack a set full of joke 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 joke, joke down the center. If, I think really I think if you do puns I think you have to I don't think you can really just do two puns in a set. Oh yeah. Okay. yeah. And then. That would only be with regards to puns, though. Not any, like not joke jokes, though. I, mean, I, I, I don't want to limit. I don't want to limit you in any way. I feel like that's the weirdest part about being this like critique judge guys. I don't want to like put you down to what I want stand up to be. But I think in my head, I, I think you have to almost uh, play with the audience's expectations in a way where you either do just pun 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 or joke joke, and then use a pun very sparingly to just sort of. Change the, the to direction. punctuate it. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> oh, shit. Ah! Thank you, everyone. Ken Suzuki. Yay! Yeah. So Ben the music is next. Disappeared on me there. Le yeah. Uh, we only. Well, you guys have to rush in before because we only have three minutes left. So who wants the set? You only get three minutes. Rock, Rock paper, scissors. All right. 
All right, next comedian, put your hands together for Sid Singh. Oh my God. So excited for the critiques that are coming up. Uh, oh no, critique? Oh, guys, I'm gonna miss, you guys tell me what you think afterwards. Uh, I uh, I was thinking about this while I was watching your set. I, I think the only way to really talk to a conspiracy person, to really shut them up, is to uh, agree kinda with them, you know? Because if you know, conspiracy people are really all or nothing people. They're not just going to be like, I mean, I guess maybe like one or two people are lizard people. Like, there's no, like, I think the only way, because all a conspiracy person wants to do is get to the point where he's just like, wake up, people, open your eyes, it's all there. But they can't really do that if they're like, hey, I heard this theory. Like, yeah, yeah, man, but what if the Jews only did part of 9-11? And they're just like, do you read any cool books? Like, yeah. <laughs> You uh you buy Harry Potter? Um <laughs> I don't know why that was it. Uh oh, uh, I want to talk about this. Uh I'm a feminist. I'm a male feminist, or as society calls it, a huge liar. Yeah, I think that's the technical no. Uh no one really believes you when you say you're a male feminist. People are like, no, you're this is just a really weird, tricky way to touch boobs. That's all this is. Uh but I, I do I think not only am I a feminist, I think I'm a feminist because I hate women. You know, I think that's why, not like all women, but like two. I really hate two women. And that's why I'm a feminist, because right now it doesn't feel like I should be allowed to hate them. Like, it's just, it's not fair. They, they're not, we're not on equal terms. Like, I feel like if I hate you and you're a woman right now, I'm the bully. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm a feminist, all right? Because I want women to earn as much money as me, to have as much opportunity as me, and to be able to post stuff on the internet without getting hate that has nothing to do with what they posted. And I want them to have that so I can call Cindy a cunt. Like, that's really why I want equal rights. It's just leading up to that. Uh, and we'll end it there, guys. Thanks so much for sticking around. And keep clapping for your two panel members tonight, Sid Singh and Ben Lupinetti. Yay! Uh, so next week, I am hosting Doc's Lab. So there might or might not be a show. I'm going to try to find a sub, but it's not on the top of my priority list. So I apologize to you guys. But I will let people know on the internet on Monday. But if not, come to Doc's because I'm hosting my first time at Doc's Lab. And I really have to care about that because I'm going to knock it out of the park. Yay! Um, see you guys all on Friday for Happy Hour and Fantastics. Bye! Most people don't even know what those are. Yeah, most of them don't. And we need to give uh, everybody a little example of what we know. Well, they should go to trialta.com to see the six different kinds of cannabinoids that are all distilled for their medicinal needs. Yes, and they're so wonderful. Have you heard about the CBN? Did you even know this existed? Is that like waffles? No, CBN is the cannabinoid in the plant that makes you fall asleep. Oh my God. Weed to make you sleep. Yeah. Does that put cancer to sleep? It puts cancer to sleep. It doesn't even get you high. It just puts you to sleep. There's also the THCA. 
pain relief. Don't eat any more opioids. Does that come from the vegetation state? It, it certainly does. You clearly know your botanicals. You know your Alta California botanicals. Yes, and there's also a CB, high CBD and a mixture of both high THC and CBD. That's right. Helps with the shaky shakies. If you have anxiety, go with the CBD. If you like to get high, go with the THC. Go with it all. Go to your local dispensary and ask for it by name. Alta California Botanicals or go to tryalta.com. If you give them your medical prescription, you can get two weeks for free. Alta! Absolutely. Tryalta.com. Hey, you psychedelic junkies. Need something to do Tuesday, March 1st? Well, get your ass on out to the Golden Bull in Oakland at 8 p.m. for a stellar lineup of psychedelic rock brought to you by Subliminal SF. Featuring War Cloud, Cloud Catcher of Denver, and Skunk. Then, Thursday, March 31st, check out Seattle Band, UN, Hissing, and Cardinal Worm. Also another band to be announced. Same place, same time, $8. Funeral Doom is the genre. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook. See you there. What's up, San Francisco? The SF Eagle Bar is proud to sponsor the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. The SF Eagle is about to celebrate its third year anniversary since reopening under new ownership and new management. We are historically a gay leather bar, and now we cater to the queer LGBT community. As well as our allies by hosting fundraisers for local nonprofits and events to celebrate love and equality. I ain't got no dick, but I love the Eagle. Yeah, you Ooh, do. Yes. Located at 398 12th Street at Harrison Street and open every single goddamn day. So check www.sf-eagle.com yeah. for calendar of events, and we will see you 3316. By the way, opening day of our special midnight comedy showcase for the mutiny comedy festival i see you guys there hell yeah industrial metals taking over Golden Bull in Oakland, April 5th, with the Death Kings of LA, Genocide Skin, Ort Cloud, and other bands to be announced. 8 p.m., $8, all industrial metal. They come again on April 15th to see some noise rock. The other band on Earth will be there. 
Jerkagram of LA will be there. And Love Moon. Same place, different time. 9 p.m., 7 bucks. Brought to you by Subliminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash subliminalsf. is a proud sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We appreciate how comedians are, well, they're poor, and they need a delicious and inexpensive alternative to craft beer. Now, that's why every Pabst Blue Ribbon is affordable and accessible to even the dirtiest of dickbag comedians, allowing them to be in public at a bar interacting with people they probably shouldn't, like women. So go buy your favorite comedian at PBR. They need the encouragement that someone somewhere cares what they have to say. Paps Blue Ribbon, keeping comedians funny with classically delicious flavor since 1844. Which is crazy because it was America's best in Well then, come to the Golden Bull in Oakland for a night of doom metal with the Dragged into Sunlight out of UK, Primitive Man of Denver, and Cult Leader Salt Lake City. 8 p.m. Ten dollars. July 15th, brought to you by Subliminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com. 
or check them out on Facebook. See you then. Asiento, this locally owned Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant, is excited to be a sponsor for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016. We hope you'll join us any night at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you were an audience member for happy hour pricing March 2nd through 6th at Asiento, 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out, featuring a comfortable bar and extensive tapas menu. This is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food without the restaurant commitment. Don't be surprised if you suddenly find yourself at Asiento for the entire night. It feels just like home with bartender service. Asiento. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail to the sea.